Time. Hi, and welcome to the first episode of Talk Time, the new podcast from Signals. I'm Fraser Merrick, Education Coordinator at Signals, and Talk Time is a podcast exploring the history of communication tech here in Tendring, Essex. Throughout history, coastal communities have been a hotbed of communication innovation, constantly devising new ways to keep in touch with those at sea. Here in Essex, the Tendering coastline has its own unique part to play in this global story. Over the next four episodes, we'll be speaking to local experts about four fascinating stories of communication tech, including the development of semaphore, radar, amateur radio, and how we're using tech during this current pandemic. In this first episode, I'll be speaking to David Neen from the Friends of Jaywick Martello hello. Tower. Hi there, is this David speaking? Yes. It's Fraser Merrick here from Signals. Oh, hello, Fraser. I got in touch with David, having researched the history of Semaphore and discovered its connection to our coastline. Through his own research, David discovered documents showing a potential network of communication towers reaching from the Nays Tower at Walton all the way into central London, the role of which would have been to let those in command know that a potential attack was incoming. During the Napoleonic War, the British were envious of the French's communication systems and went about devising their own. This era was rife with technological innovation, and the Martello Towers were central to those developments. I began by asking David how we got involved with the tower. I've been involved with the tower for, well, since it's open, really, 15, 16 years. Did about six trips up to the National Archives with the friends of the tower to find out different things. And that's where I found that article about the Nades Tower. Whether it was actually put into action or not, I don't know. So when was the Jaywick Martello Tower built? Oh, well, it was finished after the war's finished, actually. It was built in 1809, but it wasn't armed until 1812 because they had problems with its foundations and it tipped over sideways. And it took them two years to get it back upright again by digging holes on the high side and pumping all the mud out and things. So that tower actually sits about five feet further into the ground than it should do. Oh, wow. The actual entrance was around the back. We should have been about 14 feet off the ground mm-hmm. with a, a ladder they could put down and climb up a ladder to get in. So what was what was the kind of main purpose of the Martello Tower then? What purpose was it supposed to serve? Well, it was the defence of the coast from France, from Napoleon. They did the towers around Ireland first. They built, oh, I think about 50 towers around Ireland. Then they built the South Coast Towers, which there were 74, and they finished in 1805. And then they started doing the East Coast Towers, which David one is one of those. But by the time it was actually finished and armed, the wars were over, really. Or the threat of the invasion was over, anyway. There was obviously a string of these towers along that tendering coastline. Yeah, they built 29. Oh, really? As many as that? Well, they actually built 27. They planned 20. They planned 54 to start with. And then because the invasion had gone away, they cut it down and cut it down. And they decided that 27 would be ample. And then they realised that up in Suffolk, there was a, a patch which was not covered, so they built two more afterwards. And was there a communication between the towers themselves? Each tower had a flagpole, and between uh, Martello Tower at Jaywick and the next one, 
there was a flag staff, and that would, could be. I've worked. Well, I haven't actually worked. I'm guessing that um, all the soldiers lived in a barracks at Wheelie, the great big mm. barracks. So there was only two or three on watch all the time in the towers, but they could signal by flag um, to the Wheelie barracks, and then they'd all march down and man all the towers if there was a. An invasion. Oh, okay. So it was kind of passing back the message inland to bring troops forward should they be required. Yeah, be- between Jarek Tower and Wheelie, there's a uh, area called Flag Hill, <laughs> and I think that there was a flag there as well, which relayed it up to the up to the Wheelie, up to the Wheelie barracks. The name would certainly suggest. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. I've got no proof of that, but that's what yeah. I think. <laughs> they had a flag staff, and they had had a, a round basket ball painted black. And they had a a green pennant and a red flag, and whichever way they put them up, it meant a different thing. Um, ships on the horizon, um, enemy landing on the beach, and all that sort of thing. So there would have been a, a some sort of key arranged beforehand that would have been on base somewhere or at the other towers, so they could reference that. Yeah. Doing all this research around semaphore, but it's such a broad kind of catch-all word, and it's yeah. there's actually so many different types from the kind of chape systems of the moving arms in yeah. France and then the kind of flag systems. But then you've also got the kind of flag staff where there's, it's not just where you position the flags, it's the colours that are on them as well. Yeah, and they, they also had a, a shutter system where they had a big frame with lots of different square shutters in it. And they could sh- open one so you couldn't see it and then close another one so you could see it. And they all had different keys and different meanings and things like that. You know, this is innovation in, in what we what the kind of what we call it now. It's kind of communication technology sort of innovation. These were all experiments, and a lot of yeah. the experiments were kind of happening along the coastline. I've, I was doing some reading. I found a book called uh, Britain Against Napoleon, and right. um, by Roger Knight, and he talks about how the Admiralty around like eighteen eleven, I think it is, they put a uh, I've got, I'm reading from the book here. In 1811, a very leaky old ex-Danish gunboat renamed HMS Warning was moored off Mersey Island with instruction to repeat signals over the estuaries of the River Colne and uh, Blackwater between the Martello Tower at Frinton and St. Peter's Chapel on the Foulness Marshes. And then it goes on to say it would rock quite a lot even in a small breeze and and that the captain had a bad time being stationed on the on the vessel yeah. but it seems there were kind of around this time there were lots of experiments with with semaphore and and, and trying yeah. out different systems of communicating really quickly over long distances because the navy had different systems for the army as well oh really oh yeah they had their own system i don't think they talked to each other very much the the military and the and the navy. <laughs> Before they built the the East Coast Towers, they built a lot of what they called blockhouses around the coast, which was just a, a an earth parapet with cannons behind it. And they also had barges with cannons on in the Cone Estuary, moored up. Before they built the towers, just to cover everything. The remains of one is actually on East Mersey on the beach. Oh wow! Okay. And and in Jaywick itself, there's a a farm called Blockhouse Farm. Oh, right. And there was another one there, yeah. In the Napoleonic times, they thought nothing of looking 10 miles to the next next signal station. They had big telescopes and things. But in that article I gave you, they actually could 
received a nice tower signal from North Foreland in Kent, which was 42 miles. Yeah, that was fascinating. Yeah, 40, 42 miles, isn't it? And, and, and how they were signalling was interesting as well in that article. It, it mentioned these kind of towers of uh, like smoke bombs or something, weren't they? And if, yeah. because there's, it's really clear to, to find yes or no versus a flag where you're not sure. No, I think it was just um, uh, smoke canisters and um, at night I think they had lamps and lights and things, but it, it just amazed me that they could actually see them. That's it. That's yeah, yeah. And and in bad weather as well. How they improvised and mm. and, and put, sort of put together all these various systems to to send these messages. Because yeah. yeah, I can imagine yeah. if if you've got a person on a horse or versus smoke signals, they're going to travel so much quicker. Yeah, that's right. What purpose did they end up serving then afterwards? After the wars, um, the revenue service um, went in and used some of them to stop smuggling. Oh, really? Yeah. The one in Clacton was a um, revenue tower. Jaywick Tower was a home guard place in the Second World War. And the next longer one, Tower D, was um, uh, for spotting enemy aircraft coming over in the Second World War. Thank you so much for your time. Okay, Fraser, that's good. Enjoy your day. Bye now. A huge thank you to David for his insightful knowledge into the history of the Martello Towers that dot our eastern coastline. If you'd like to find out more about the Jaywick Martello Tower, you can visit their website, and once restrictions allow, you can even take a visit. If you'd like to find out more about Semaphore, we've animated a short film detailing its history, and we even worked with developer Ben Tilbury from the University of Essex to create an online game you can play using your webcam and Semaphore signals. Head to our website, signals.org.uk, to find out more. This podcast was produced and edited by me, Fraser Merrick. Thank you to our funders, Essex 2020 and the National Lottery Heritage Fund. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.